Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Consulting Trap. I'm your host, Brian Maddox. With me today is Sarah Feldman from Rogue Wave Marketing. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Brian. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got started in the marketing biz and what made you go independent? Absolutely. Um, so I got a bachelor's degree in journalism back in college. And so my first big kid job was running an online newspaper. And I learned there that content runs everything. Um, that was about 15 years ago. And so social media was a much bigger thing than for business. It was a lot more successful. Facebook was just rolling new stuff out. And so when that company laid off a whole bunch of people nationwide, um, I said, well, I have all these businesses asking me how to do social media and things like that. So let's give it a go. Um, so I started my first company with a business partner and then she and I had some differences in how we wanted to grow. And then I started this one about four or five years later. Um, so that was kind of the catalyst for wanting to go off on my own is I realized I was really good at helping businesses get to the root of what their problem was by asking really good questions. And it all came from the journalism background. I want to learn more about that. When you say, you know, asking really good questions uh, and, and getting to the root of what, what businesses need, what what are the kinds of things that um, uh, are different, right? So so uh, in a lot of cases, as as you know, right, the things we think we want as a business owner and the things we actually need are two different things, right? Somebody yeah. says, oh, I want a social media campaign. And the answer is no, you absolutely do not want one of those, right? <laughs> or what have you. How do you get to that, uh, resolve that disconnect between what people say they want and what they vers- what they actually need? Um, I think the biggest thing is not telling people what to do. It's asking those questions so they figure it out for themselves. So a lot of times when I do workshops with different companies and clients or I do trainings, people will ask me the same question all the time. There's so many social media tracks out there. There's so many ways to market, whether it's email, Pinterest, Instagram, Google ads, all this stuff. Where do I go? It's different for every business because it depends on your target market. So asking a lot of questions about what someone's not even current market looks like, but what's their ideal target market? Because there might be a gap there. Who do they want to attract? And then wherever those people are is where you want to go. It's interesting. I think uh, you've you've illustrated uh, what are the key differences between a coach and a consultant, right? Is whether or not you're comfortable answering a question with, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there, there's no silver bullet for everyone and everything. Even two people in the exact same industry, let's say they're both in manufacturing, they're both struggling to hire Well, if one is trying to hire people that are administrative or management versus the other one is trying to hire people to work the line, you're looking in different places for different types of people. So understanding who you're trying to attract and then matching what you're doing to the voice of that person so it fits and they receive it well, that changes everything. So you're 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 illustrating some things that I I think are really interesting. And I want to talk more about the investigative side of the conversations, right? Um, because as, you know, consultants and coaches, we find in many cases, right, that our clients don't know the answer because in some ways they're being intellectually dishonest with themselves, right? And have you ever had that where they're like, no, but that's not how we work. And it's like evidence to the contrary indicates that it is the way you work. Can you (laughs) give me a little insight there as to those experiences that you may have had? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, because it happens a lot. I mean, I think more importantly than the example is how you work through that. Yeah. Numbers. It's analytics. Because, you know, someone can have a gut feeling about a certain type of marketing they should be doing or something like that, but you can't change what you don't measure. 
So I actually just ran a workshop for some people a couple weeks ago, building their 2023 plans. And part of which was sales and marketing within there. And it was funny because the deeper we got into it, they're trying to set sales goals and things like that. And that starts with understanding not only your target market, but what's your conversion rate to figure out how many leads you need to talk to or how many people you need to get to raise their hand. So when you go through those types of factual analytical questions, then you can map out a plan that really isn't as arbitrary and isn't as gut instinct related. It's actually backed by fact. Right. You're not in that random acts of marketing phase, right? Where it's like, "Mm, I think I want to advertise on the placemat at the diner because I think that'll be effective use of my advertising spend. Um, You know, we get that. You know, if it works, great. That's awesome if that's your target market, but measure it. Don't just do it and go, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So when you're going through this process, um, how many how do you navigate, um, you you know, the, the, the data-driven side of the conversation is one thing, right? You're uh, taking kind of a a scientific or research-based approach with a lot of the marketing stuff. Um, but, but the stuff that happens before that, um, there is a lot of misconceptions about the, you know, core services that someone might offer or the core value they're bringing to the table. And there's not a product market fit for that. How do you work with business owners when they have a, a mismatch in that space? I want to make sure I heard the question right. So you're asking me when someone is selling something that doesn't seem to fit what their business is that they've described they want? Doesn't seem to fit what the market is, right? So you know in selling this service or this product in general working with other other clients, um, they're they're going to a place where there is no revenue potentially. Uh, How do you deal with that? Um. Well, to be honest, we may not be a fit then. Um, that's the biggest thing I've learned in running a business is you have to be comfortable just saying no thank you and referring them someplace else. Mm. Um, you know, it's not my job to tell somebody what to sell. It's to help them figure out how to sell it from the marketing and sales. So I don't know that I've ever had an instance where somebody's selling something that I go, well, nobody's going to buy that. Because there's got to be, again, more questions, deeper digging. There's got to be a reason they started it in the first place. Um And then typically sometimes that parlays into a business coach, you know, Mm. where they need someone to work with them on the products and services. You know, like I said, it's not my job to help them figure out what to sell. It's how to sell it. So they need to be very clear on what they're selling, why they're selling it, their mission behind it, those types of things. And once we figure that out, then usually we can connect the dots on finding that connectivity for who they need to sell to. So have you ever had an unsuccessful engagement? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So can you tell me about what goes wrong in those situations? Oh, it's all expectation setting. Um, Oh, oh yeah. I've been an entrepreneur now for almost 15 years. And if I think back over every situation that I've learned the most from, um, it's communication challenges and expectation setting challenges. So whether we maybe weren't the right fit from the start, or maybe they didn't communicate their need, which means I didn't ask the right questions, or I didn't communicate up more clearly what the next steps were. It's always a gap in communication and a gap in expectation setting anytime something's ever gone wrong. Mm. So is it makes so makes a lot of sense then. I mean, this is where the lawyers will come in and, and I'll get the angry phone calls. Like, yes, but and you should have contracts. Um, and and while that's very likely the case. Um, expectation setting and contracts are often two different things. What? How do you to close the gap in that conversation as well? Like that's a pretty interesting. Uh, I think. Do you have? Do you typically sign contracts with your clients? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I, Cause that's, that's been a big way to avoid confusion. I found, and I learned the hard way is, you know, you might think things were going well. Um, but then when things don't go well and you have to kind of reframe something, if everybody's got a contract to go back to, it makes it much easier to realign and get on the same page and decide what's next. than everybody guessing at what was said six months ago. Mm. That's interesting. I've uh, I worked with clients that are they're either very pro-contract or very anti-contract. There's not really anybody who's like, contracts are cool-ish. Um, well, I think part of it's guarantees too. You know, so like anything that I do, you know, if it's a month, if it's a monthly service, like the marketing coaching or something like that, I got a 60 day out for everybody because I don't like being stuck in contracts. I don't want someone else to feel stuck in contracts. So that leaves plenty of room for us to make adjustments and changes as we need to. But then we have clear expectations on what that looks like so that if we need to separate, we can do it in a way that's as comfortable as possible for everybody involved. Mm. Mm. So I guess that goes back to that journalism, kind of um, the digging part where uh, it's a heck of a lot easier to set a proper contract when you've got your uh, mutual objectives well-established. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. So, so when you when you start those conversations, um, you know, obviously they don't end in the same place, uh, right? How do you know that you're done? How do you know you've come to an objective that is the right objective, right? I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, lead volume is not necessarily a great metric right? If your conversion rate is garbage, it could mean your leads are unqualified. It could mean that your sales process is broken. So you don't want to start with an easy metric necessarily like number of raw number of leads generated through this campaign, um, Mm -hmm. because it's in many ways, it's irrelevant, particularly in the beginning where you're going to be dialing it in. Um, How do you know that you hit sort of that uh, mutual level of understanding with a client where you're not going to be, um, you know, fussing over the numbers anymore and you've come to a good solid answer as a journalist how do you know you've answered the question that's fair um again it's expectation setting you know so any engagement that i have with any client um in the very beginning it's establishing how do we want to measure success because for everybody it's different you know again if you take a tangible example like building a website how do you know you did it right because there's so many companies that do it so differently and so like i literally have one client that's like i don't need more leads this isn't about that their whole thing is their site is so old that they just want to make sure their own clients, their existing client base can pull up their site and find what they need and keep moving because they just mm-hmm. need a phone number or something. So that's an example of someone who doesn't really care about lead gen. They're doing it more as a brand reputation management tool. Um, so success for that is user experience, right? Whereas another client, it might be lead gen, but like you said, absolutely. Sometimes that lead gen could be up or down, depending on all the other variables involved. So a lot of times what I like to do is set up, um, it kind of like check-in milestone calls, just to check in and see how things are going, saying, you know, even after a site's done or a campaign is done, what did we learn from it? Looking at the metrics, breaking it down. Because a lot of times I meet people that don't know how to break that stuff down. So looking at that analysis of the numbers and saying, okay, you got all this traffic, but how good was it? And working them through that, the mathematical part of, was it a poor lead? Was it a good lead? Was it a bad number of leads? Did you call them all back and asking them all those questions so they can figure out where to plug the hole? Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, you know, uh, what I've come to understand as part of our conversation is, A, there's no magic bullet, right? There's no one 
uh, one sort of social channel. There's no one marketing campaign that's going to universally work. It's a process and it's a building process, right? You always have to collaborate and work with your clients to make that happen together. Yeah. Interesting. So when, when you're working on, uh, on these campaigns and you're kind of putting them together, um, how, when you, when you face data or information that is um, challenging, right? So you've, you've made some assumptions, you're three months into the plan, things are not the where they're supposed to be. How do we know and how do we negotiate that back with the client? I think it depends on where it's at. When you say it's not where it's supposed to be, where is it? And it's zeroing in on, okay, what didn't work, what did work? Um, and again, expectation setting, even from the very beginning, making it clear to the client, this is a two-way relationship. We have to work together on this, um, you know, because I'm not an employee of a certain company where I'm fully 100% all just tied in with this company. I'm not in their business every single day. Mm. My job is to help them from the outside, which adds a lot of value because I'm not numb to the things that are in front of me, like can sometimes happen when you're in the same situation all the time. Um but going through and again, asking those questions of what could we change? What do we need to change? And tying that back to what were the expectations? Because again, lead gen, maybe one example is if it's a professional service, like a chiropractor or an acupuncturist, something like that, you have to ask every single person that comes in, how did you hear about us? Did they do that? Because there's no way for me to tell from the outside. So it's it's that expectation setting on both sides of what do we need to do and what do you need to do? to tie it all together and make sure it's measurable. Hmm. Awesome. Well, I want to, um, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Before we close, I want to ask a couple quick questions. First things first, um, who should get a hold of you and how should they do so? <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess to just make it really tangible, there's three key services that I do. Um, my company's in Brookfield and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. We have two locations. And um, predominantly, we do website design and development for any professional services, small, medium size. We do a lot with manufacturing, helping them work through the hiring process. A lot of them are looking for um, new hires right now. I also do local search. So we help clients get found organically with Google search results. So not paid ads, but the organic side of that. And then I do marketing coaching. So I work one-to-one -one with clients to kind of coach and consult. They do the work, but I help them figure out what they need to do and how they need to do it. Um, best way to get in touch with me is probably via email. So that's Sarah F, S-A-R-A-H-F at rwavemarketing.com. So R is in Rachel, W-A-V-E, marketing.com. Awesome. And my last question for the day is in your journey to entrepreneurial success, um, what are the three biggest things you picked up along the way? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, so I was fortunate enough to win four national awards in the last couple of years, and I didn't win them. My team did. So having the, what's the right word? I had to be okay with winning those awards for my team. Because a lot of people, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs don't even want to try for awards, don't even want to do things like that because they're like, well, it's not for you, it's for your team. And it's amazing how your team will change when they're part of winning something like that and how much that can help elevate your company. Um, so that's one of them. Another thing is fear. Fear stands for false expectations appearing real. Blow it out of the water, forget it. 
got to recognize when something is fear-based or when something is real. And if it's fear, you got to find a way to just push past it because it'll hold you back from all kinds of growth. Um, and I think the last thing is it's okay if you don't know your why. I read so many posts and see so many videos and all these people talking about their why. And it's great if you have it figured out. Um, but sometimes we don't have it all figured out and we don't necessarily know our why. We're still in the process of uncovering that. And that's okay to be in the process. So those would probably be my three big things. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again so much for your time. Uh, and I'll, we'll definitely check in and find out how you're doing in a couple of months. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Brian. All right. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck. Uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.